Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Yeah. Welcome to this week's episode, a very special episode where we get to celebrate Richmond Kickers being a USL regular season champions. We get to celebrate Emiliano Terzaghi winning three golden boots. We get to celebrate Jonathan Bolaños being the all, well, not the all time, the assist leader in USL League One. We get to celebrate Jacob Malplin of being the greatest kicker in the team history. This is a celebration all around, guys. But as always, I'm your host, Elliot Barnes. Is joining me is a man that got a little choked up when Akira talked about David Bilo. It's Matt Myers. How are you doing, sir? Doing all right. Uh, I, I think there was a, a lot more you uh, yeah, in that buddy. moment for, for being honest here. Uh, but yeah. Matt Fun night Saturday. In certain moments. <laughs> it's not emotional. Also joining us is another man that decided to bring his baby and instead of watching the game, he watched his kid play with dirt the entire time. It's Mr. Shamir. How are you doing, sir? Oh, dad life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did Benny at least wash his hands afterwards? Uh with a wipe, yeah. Okay. So there was I at least some literally give him like a, a wipe bath before getting in the car. And then but he had a blast. He had a good time. That's what matters. Well, I mean, hey, that's the most important thing. That is the most important thing. So, guys, I think this podcast is going to be one of those podcasts where we talk about more of the stuff that happened off the field and on the field because the game essentially for us didn't matter. Um, but don't tell that to Greenville fans because they think being number two is more important than being number one. Give and take by their celebration, which, yeah. But, um... Guys, if we, if we got to start with the game, were you guys shocked at all to see the starting lineup at all, given how many stars were in the starting roles? Uh, yes um, and no. I, okay. Yeah, I mean, I'm not surprised because you know, I don't really think there's any part of Darren that is ever a lay down and die you know, sort of guy. So even though it wouldn't be laying down and dying, it would be you know, pulling the foot off the accelerator. I don't know if that's really in his DNA, but, but I, I also get it. Like, you know, you don't want to kind of go cold and basically give guys two full weeks off. Uh, I mean, like, I think we talked about this last time. Like, how many times back in, like, the, you know, Peyton Manning era did you see, you know, the Colts, you know, sit guys for a couple of weeks and then just get blasted out of the playoffs first round? Yeah. Yeah. Was, that was really his legacy for, like, a good part. <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, regular stars, all the person that was really missing, um, Stu, which we got to get an update on. Uh, Stu is healthy, should be ready to go for the playoffs, so that's good to know. And Jonathan Bolaños, he should be ready to go for the playoffs as well. So, given those two starters out, 
everybody was pretty much the same. Oh, Gordon came in. He looked lively and he looked well. And I got to say, um, for the first half that I can remember, because I'm not going to lie, I was pretty intoxicated <laughs> for most of the game. The kickers looked good in possession. Really good. Didn't have to worry as much for the first half. Yeah, I mean, the first half, the ball spent – it would, we spent most of the time in uh, Greenville's half. The ball spent most of the time in Greenville's half. Um, we were creating chances, a lot of chances. Um, I know that doesn't register too much with regards to shots on goal, but the chances were there. We were dangerous. Um, we were really putting their back line under a lot of pressure. Um, speaking of old Gordon, almost got an acrobatic uh, – Hollywood finish uh, off of a cross. I think it was from Ethan Bryant that went over everyone. He he went for the he went for the I, I would say two feet off the ground side volley, but <laughs> didn't connect. But I mean, if he had, I mean, I think I think the stadium would have gone nuts. Yeah, yeah, and you know we've talked about this other times that we played Greenville, but uh, and these are two teams that are very comfortable playing without the ball. Uh, you know, so you know, I think you saw that a little bit in each half. You know, teams, each team, you know, being happy to kind of concede possession. You know, let the other team try to figure it out. Uh, and you know, I'm credit to both teams. I think they actually you know, did a good job of building into something instead of you know, being reliant on a counter. Yeah, no, it really does. For Richmond, they really did feel that way. It felt like they were more comfortable playing on the ball and taking their time trying to probe through the attack than versus just. Hit it long and try to just hit hope balls. Yeah. So yeah, it does feel that way. Um overall thoughts on the first half. We have the goal that was scored by Emiliano Terzaghi. Um from the Zens from Matthew Bryant. Do any of y'all remember how it was scored? I'm gonna give yeah, the four I mean, of y'all. Yeah, it was uh, uh well yeah, so it's uh oh, yeah, go ahead. Go, uh, go, ahead, go for it, Shanir. Okay. Uh, well, I do remember seeing um, Bentley coming down that right flank, and it was basically a cross that went in. It was deflected uh, by the fullback there, but I don't think he got enough on it to send it, you know, either out of bounds for a corner or send it back the other way for a throw-in, and it still made its way through to Terzaghi, who just literally put a finish on it. I'm not even He's sure coming if it was. into the box as he usually does. I'm not even sure if it was deflected, to be honest. I'm trying to pull it up here real quick, but I thought he just got through clean. So uh it starts and the ball starts with Ethan Bryant, you know, in the midfield near the you know midfield circle. Okay, yeah, it does take a slight, you know, it bounces off you know the left back. I wouldn't say a deflection, I think kind of implies that he was trying to do anything with it, and I think it's more hit him. Uh but then, you know, it's a classic Emmy goal after that. He beats Evan Lee, you know, the front post and just, you know, kind of toe pokes at home near post. And, you know, we've seen that goal how many times you know, this year in, in you know, various forms, you know, whether it's with Bentley or Bolaños or, uh, you know, Gordon, you know, feeding that ball in, you know, Payne feeding that ball into Emmy. I mean, I think that's almost the literal classic Terzaghi goal. Yeah. yeah. No, that that is it. That is the typical Trezaghi go, and we've seen him score that goal so many times that seventeen times, in fact, which makes him the go-to boot winner this year. 
Pause right here to talk about just Jazagi and whatnot. Three golden boots, two MVPs. Assuming that he gets it there, let's just say he does, but we actually all know it's probably going to go to Bologna's. Where would you guys rank Emiliano Cesago in terms of greatest players in USL League One collectively, championship and League One? I mean, I think it's hard to measure across leagues. think so? Yeah, because there's literally no overlap between the two. Mm, okay. I, I I think in terms of like talking about like it is he one of the is he the best striker in USL? For me, yes. I would say like in terms of both leagues. But I mean, yeah, he hasn't played actually okay. Now the more I'm thinking about it, you're right. Darn it, Matt. I hate it when you make great arguments. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm not. I'm not saying he's not. I just, I just don't think there's enough evidence to you know, be able to say he is because, I, uh, I mean, you think about other guys who you know, move it up like you know, Hurst. You know, last year was, you know, uh, you know, very good. Conway last year, they were both really good for Omaha, and they've been good. You know, yeah. you know, slightly above average to good. I think in the championship, but they haven't been, you know. Game breakers and they have not at the same, you know, scoring at the same rate they were for Omaha last year. I mean, part of that could be a function of team, but you know, even Conway's playing for one of the better teams, you know, in the championship West. Yeah, true. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, yeah, you're right. But in terms of probably USL League, well, he probably is the greatest person. And it's only a matter of time before the league. Which one do you think they're going to name after him? Are they, is it going to be the Golden Boot or the MVP award? I don't think they're going to name either one of them after anybody, but it would be the should. Golden Boot first. Yeah, yeah. They should. They should rename Hat trick of Golden Boots. I mean, that's wait. Has that ever happened before in American soccer? Have we ever had anyone win three Golden Boots back to back to back? Ah, oh. I'm sure somebody has. Uh, it would have to be like in some obscure league because I think we would have. That person would have been touted as basically a U.S. soccer immortal of sorts, if that were the case. Um, Now we've gotten to a point where there is so much content in U.S. soccer, there is so much notoriety in U.S. soccer that even though this is happening, I I think it's sad to say that this is going to kind of go under the radar in the mainstream. Nobody's Um, nobody's done it in MLS. I can tell you no, that. Those MLS, okay. Yeah, definitely not. Uh, it'd be too hard to go back and you know, look through the some of the A-League stuff. Like, it, There's a couple guys from like the A-League era of USL that I think it's possible he could have done it, but I, offhand, I just don't know. Okay. So we still have that ability. All right. Well, it'd be cool to see if he, uh, if he is. That'd be something dope to have. I mean, this team literally broke – a whole host of records. Like I think Nate was telling us last night, like this team broke the uh was it most goals in USL League One. You know, Bologna's already broke the assist record. Zagi with the three golden boots. Like given where this team was on in twenty nineteen in October, you know, you remember when we did the emergency podcast when Bulo got fired. Yeah. And where that team was then and how I wouldn't say broken it was, but just like how the fan base was and how the, all the conversations about like, well, 
were struggling in attendance. People don't care about the team. To now, the team's selling out, what, 60,000? You know. 6,000. Six, 6, it would be 60,000. My fault. 6,000. Yeah, if it was 60,000, they would have to open up an additional other sense, which probably wouldn't happen. But it's just crazy to see, like, where this team had – how this team has transitioned over the years, you know, over the last three years, you know. Yeah, I mean, people like winners. Yeah. I mean, that's really what yeah. it comes down to. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it, people like winners, and and you will you will have those that are there because, I mean, those that really are are, are into the game that are there because the soccer is more exciting as well too. I mean, mm-hmm. if we were winning games one nil here and there all over the place and we one nailed our way to the to, to first place i doubt the stands would be as packed as they were i um i do think that it would be a much bigger attendance record than we're used to but i think what fills it out is also the fact that this kickers team is plays exciting soccer i mean i when you look at most of our wins are three goal we've scored three goals or more when you look at a lot of our wins, and 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 most of them are most of those three or more goal wins are at home, and it it just shows that what Darren was talking about in his press conference when he first took the job is basically what came into fruition. This is what he has been striving for. We would we want to score goals. We want to play exciting soccer. We want to. To entertain, and this kickers team has entertained this season and has really turned a lot of eyes and brought a lot of people aware, brought awareness to a lot of people that hey, Richmond's got a team and they're pretty darn good. Well, you also know what's an exciting part of this team is this midfield trio of Neil, Ethan, and Zaka. All three of them are really good footballers, right? <laughs> they're okay, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there were multiple times within the first half. I'm oh, saying, I'm looking, I'm like, oh, he has space. Oh, Ethan. And now it's like, when I watch Ethan in, in playing in the midfield, it's like, you can just tell he's just in a different gear than a lot of the guys that he's playing around. Yeah, I, I really feel like in the last you know, month or two, he's you know, kind of taken that the proverbial leap. Yeah. You know, where he's you know, been able to level up. Absolutely. And, you know, kind of really start to control you know the game around him and you know have a lot more confidence on the ball. Like I feel like early in the year you would see him get uh kind of bullied off the ball sometimes and now he's you're not seeing that he's you know, he's putting himself in a position where he's not even you know getting the contact at all because he's able to see it coming and moving you know around and out of the way of it before it can yeah. ever happen. Yeah, no, it definitely does feel like yeah, there's, there's an example. Are you guys in there? Yeah, yeah, I was saying that just an example was um, at one point, I think it was in the second half where uh, a bouncing ball is coming towards him. The defender's coming in hot, and he just calmly flicks the ball over that defender's head and keeps it moving. It was done with so much swag. I mean, you, it would be something that if Messi had done it, it would be on repeat on ESPN. Sportsnet. It would be all over the internet. It would break Twitter. Um, it was on that level, and and just seeing some of the some of the stuff that Ethan Bryan has been in, been able to do 
some of the, the moves he's been his confidence has gone up which is leading to a lot of these flicks and tricks that we're seeing him do in the midfield that aren't risky they're just well applied and 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 done with such 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 beauty and artistic beauty on the field that you know he's he's really making a name for himself in USL League One. Um, another player for the first time that really stood out to me was Dakota Barnathan. Man, that partnership of him and Jalen has really like gelled and hardened <laughs> over the last couple of games, man. But it seems like both of them play to these other servers really, really well. Oh yeah. Yeah, so, and uh, uh, another oh, sorry, yeah, uh, another thing with, with Barnison is <clears throat> one, one thing a player he does remind me of. I know it's a completely different position that he plays, but was um, uh, Travis Wara. His his energy and intensity and 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 how he plays to the fans and 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 there was one portion in the game that just reminded me of. Travis Wara, where he does some defensive work, gets the ball out for a corner, and right before he's getting set up to defend this corner, he pumps his fist up at the Red Army, and and that energy was like I just I just brought me back to some of those saves that Travis Wara makes, and he'll turn to the Red Army and celebrate with us. I mean, um, just it, seeing that in a player, and for him to still have the composure to do his job defensively is just wonderful to have on the kickers team. Yeah, I was wondering how you're going to get to you know, <laughs> reminding you of a goalkeeper. I know. <laughs> I know at first it's kind of like, wait, where is, going? You said, yeah, he reminds me of Travis Wara and Matt Hanwell. Wait, what? That's the funny part. Um, so at this point, if you if you were happening to be scoreboard watching or me and Matt were doing, where I literally ran up to Matt and I was like, so if this result's hold and they get a tr- scoreboard watching as I was doing, at halftime, Greenville was on the road at this point because Union Omaha then lost shockingly to uh, Central Valley Fuego. Tormenta was starting to thump Chattanooga, and Green and Charlotte was starting to stomp uh, NCFC. Who, once again, man, that team—you talk about a team that all the air came out of them—and I really felt like the moment that. <clears throat> The moment that it really changed, and I was thinking about it last night, where our season went up and their season went down, was the 3-2 comeback in North Carolina. Like, I feel like that's the moment where Richmond, from that moment on, went up and NCFC went down. Because it's like, if Richmond loses that game, then you're sitting there, you're like, oh, like, you know, all the negativity comes back, all the hardships and everything. But to get that win there, just because you know, you know, had 13 games since then, only lost one, and that might be a turning point. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, maybe, maybe that, man. But um, but yeah, uh, so Greenville was they were never going to be on the road, but they were uh, looking at you know, playing this coming weekend. Yeah. Which, uh, I mean, some people you know debate. I'd rather have to only play two games in a playoff to win a championship than three. Yeah. Especially uh, in this league where a lot of weird stuff happens at times. Yeah, I would too. Uh, I, w- I would rather uh, be on the road. I mean, be at home with two games versus three. Yeah. Rather do that. <clears throat> we start on the second half. Um, 
yeah, start of the second half. Guys, what did you see going on in the second half? Was it kind of more, more or less the same in your opinions, or do you feel like the momentum changed? Do you feel like Richmond sat back a little bit too much? What were kind of your thoughts? I mean, the field definitely flipped in the second half. You know, Greenville, they knew they had a chase, you know, so they were. And I think, you know, the kickers were happy to do, you know, what they do is and, you know, sit in, you know, wait, look for the opportunity, uh, but, you know, trust the de- defense. And you know, for a good long period, it was holding up, you know, really well. Uh, Greenville had, you know, some shots here or there, but probably the first half of the second half, Really, not a lot happened. And when you're, you know, up when you're looking to preserve a lead, not a lot happening is good news. Yeah, yeah, that's how I kind of felt. It kind of felt like Greenville Wills were just sputtering. It felt like Richmond was like, all right, we can ride this out. And I, I had it one thought in my head. I was just like, man, this is going to be really good for Richmond to go into the postseason, getting two wins off our rivals at the end of the season with two clean sheets. That's going to feel really good, really positive. But, unfortunately, it didn't happen because uh, Greenville scored and it celebrated as if they won the league in front of us, which um, I'm glad there's not microphones in the round because there was a lot of swearing. Oh, Whatever. yeah. <laughs> a lot of swearing. A lot of, a lot of birds flying around. Um, but this goal, Matt, you probably paid more attention to me, but how did this goal come about? Well, you may be surprised to hear about this, but it uh-huh. came off of a restart. Oh, <laughs> D- D- different flavor this time. So this one came off of a long throw, and I'm not actually complaining about this, you know. But I'm pretty sure, like letter of the law, you know, you're not supposed to be able to put that much spin on a ball, you know, when you're throwing it in. Do I actually care about that? Not really. Nobody ever calls that, so whatever. Uh, but. Yeah, dude launches it, you know, deep, kind of like an Audi type throw. Yeah. You know, in there, uh, bounces around, you know, uh, you know, former kicker Evan Lee, you know, ends up, you know, retrieving it, you know, kind of dribbles around, uh, you know, the back post and fires a low cross in. And uh, I don't know, the hyphen dude, I can't even remember what his names are. Uh, whatever. I, I don't care about him. I don't really care what his name is. Uh, Oxy actually. Yeah. Right. I mean, that kind of last you, you finished from six yards out there. Yeah, it was an easy tap in. It would be. I understand. Like, God, I wish we would have kept this clean sheet. It is frustrating, and I think that's the only thing that can hurt the kickers. Um, if you want to spin this into a positive, the positive is is that. This, this kind of result keeps the kickers on their toes, you know. It keeps them on their toes, keeps them alert. But at the end of the day, like, we're still number one. And we rubbed it in your face, you know. Yeah, yeah so I, I don't know if I've cared less about giving up a goal that changed the result in a long, long time. Yeah, no. And it feels good to not have cared. Like, I think I was telling you, there. I was yeah, like, even this game is a so draw. We have a cushion. Yeah, I was like, it doesn't it doesn't hurt anything. Like, literally, the result just keeps both teams that went 1-2 at the start is the night of 1-2. You 
You know, that's all that happened. Um, it's literally all that happened. So Richmond goes out here, we go 1-1, and then all of a sudden we have the party of a lifetime. We, we want to have a bigger party November 6th, but last night, y'all, it was a real big party. As soon as that final whistle went, and I asked the players, this, like, what was their thoughts? But I wanted to hear you guys' thoughts. As soon as that final whistle went, what were your first initial thoughts? I'll be honest, not uh, not much. Oh, yeah. What yeah. <laughs> well, my first I, initial thoughts were like, I am about to get hammered and have fun. <laughs> what do you mean, get you? You already you already were. I mean, Grant, you probably like sweated all of it out during the game because you know it was, you know yeah, sixty but I'm about you know, to go five, more. sixty five degrees out there, and you were uh, you know dressed like it was you know frozen tundra in Green Whoa, Bay. Okay, in my defense, I was in my house all day, and I thought it was going to be cold, and I was like, I you, you made the water like, channel at your house. Well, no, because I just thought it was fall. And then when I stepped outside, you know how you already committed to it? And you're like, oh, I'm not about to go change. Like, I don't feel like going to go change. And then I was like, all right, you know, it's going to be colder. It's going to, you know, die down. And it was. It started to get a little bit colder. And I felt fine. But, dude, all I'm going to say is I know for an absolute fact you've not been opposed to shedding layers in the stands in the past. This is also true. This is also true. <laughs> that was a different level of drunk, though, where we were piss poor and I was just like, I don't care about this game. <laughs> I had to at least be presentable enough because I had to give Bologna's the David Bulo award. But yeah, yeah. But the, the, the celebration was, you know, last year. Like, it was still fun. Is you know, but my real thought at the end of the game was, all right, cool. You know, you know, didn't didn't lose. I thought we were going to, you know, pull another bit of magic there at the at the very very end, and you know, you know. Just, Dagger their hearts. I really wanted that just to be able to I did too. talk all kind I of did. mess right back to Greenville players. Oh, I did. I did. Uh, but oh, that would have been like, all right, cool. Nobody else got hurt, so we're good. Let's see who we. Yeah, that was the most important thing. Like no one came out to feel yeah. hurt. Everyone looked to be in good spirits. Um, only player that was in crutches was Ethan Vandercourt Decker, and that was given because you know he just blew out his Achilles a couple of weeks ago. But outside of that, man, I'm just glad no one got hurt. Everyone looked good. Everyone looked to have played a good game. And I think the ones, the person who enjoyed themselves the most was Luke. <laughs> I was, I was yeah. worried he was going to get himself hurt. Oh, man. <laughs> Yo, so <laughs> when they came over and ran to us and Luke did the backflip, only thing in my head, I was just like, please don't blow out your ACL. Like, please don't blow out your knee. Oh, yeah, because he <laughs> landed it like 80%. Right. Yeah, 80%. But, but he played it off with the roll, with the, you know, with the tuck and roll. Yes, you know? Yo, I swear, I thought he <laughs> – only thing I saw was him just fall – because he because he did the flip in front of me, and I'm just looking, I'm just like, he really about to blow out his knees. <laughs> Trying to do this. <laughs> oh, man, that, that – that, I mean – they had fun. They, they celebrated themselves. I think yeah. Zaka uh, learned a new f- few words in English because he was having a whole conversation with me. And I was like, okay, Zaka. All right. So we got the title. We got the title. I think yeah, some Zaka. of the guys you know, know a little bit more English than maybe they uh, 
let on at times. Yeah, that's true. But also, I want to give a shout out to Matt because during the post game uh, conference, Matt asked a question in Spanish, and Chizagi looked at Matt and was like, "Thank you, thank you for answering your question in Spanish." And in my head, I was like, "Well, wait, why did you just answer him back in English?" And I was like, "Oh, wait, Chizagi." I kind of hope he would at that point. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, okay." Also, I'm pretty sure I didn't ask the right question because the answer that came back did not match the question. So I'm pretty sure I uh, did not, you know, pull out my you know strongest Spanish two and Spanish three skills from high school twenty plus no. years ago. No, probably not. But I mean, hey, you at least got the congratulations from them. Um, but yeah, like seeing the players on the field, and we got to take a moment talk about Kickaroo. Uh, for those who don't know, we put it on our social medias, but Kikaru's also talk about it. This is his last regular season game. I'm assuming he's still going to be around for the playoffs and everything like that. Yeah. But he'll be stepping down, not Kikaru's up, but the person that does Kikaru will be stepping down. There'll be a new Kikaru. So congratulations to him. We know all the work that he's put into it, all the literal sweat <laughs> that he loses per game in that out costume. It's insane. Yeah. Um, but congratulations on going to his next endeavor. We wish him all the best. But, um, and as I mentioned earlier, the David Mueller Award went to Jonathan Bolaños, which congratulations to him, man. Like, I know this year has been a major up and down. It's been very high in points, and it's been kind of low in points with the injuries and whatnot. But the way how he's been able to bounce back from those injuries, man, and he has an extra week just to rest up and get healthy. Man, I, I think we can't, we still are going to see the best Jonathan Belahios in these playoffs. Yeah, I think if this game mattered and he really needed to play, he would have been out there. But mm-hmm. it's one of those where rest up, no point in uh, risking it on an absolute dead rubber game mm-hmm. and put it out there. But, yeah, I think this season is far more highs you know, than uh, the couple of lows yeah. along the way. But I mean, just imagine if – you know, he didn't miss you know, basically two months at the beginning of the year. Yeah, I, I um, swear, I think that assist record would have been way out of the way out of the water <laughs> at that point. Then, if he doesn't miss, it's like a big stretch at the beginning part of the season because of that crappy foul in the U.S. Open Cup. Imagine if they just didn't short him some of his other assists that he actually had too. Yeah, with that twelve, I swear, I still believe that man had a four assist game. I'm not gonna let that go. Yeah, yeah that game. One thing with with Jonathan Bolaños, which is a, a testament to his to his performance this season, is even though uh, I know we didn't really care too much about the result of this game, but his absence was felt in this game. Um, there was a lot of I, I think the best way I could say is kind of predictability with the kicker's attack in this game that that Bolaños does bring a change to. Uh, and his absence was felt in, in this game, uh, in this final game of the season. It, it didn't matter. You know, it, it was one of those games that if we win, we win. If we don't, we don't. It doesn't matter. The result is the same. We're still regular season league champions. But um, just, just with that being said, not only that, on top of that, out of all of the starting players, um, he is the one who is sat out for this game because we're keeping him under bubble wrap for playoffs. It's a testament to his value 
to the team and any value to the starting 11. Yeah. Yeah, no, <clears throat> absolutely. Like, he is – he's earned it, man. He's earned every accolade that he's gotten. Um, do we know when they're going to announce MVP? Is it going to be next week or at the playoffs? I feel like I, re- I remember it being usually the week of the final. Okay. I feel like that's right because I think they usually like to do their whole, like, awards – and all that, like, you pop in circumstance right around, you know, final time. Yeah. Mm. So I, w- I would guess we got two weeks to be able to find that out. Yeah. But yeah. You know, the thing with Bolanios, too, is, like, you know, we mentioned, you know, Bryant taking kind of the leap, you know, this year. You know, he did that probably sometime late last year, you know, and through the preseason this year. But it's still s- so easy to see, you know, how much room there is for him to grow still, too. Mm-hmm. Like we, Matt, like you always say, those one on ones, those one on ones. He had yeah. a couple of those, man. He might be up there in the playoff in the go to boot race as well if he hits a couple of those. I mean, Emmy was up 11 on him, so he needed more than a couple, but yeah, you know, we finished up there a little bit higher. Um, <clears throat> rest of the celebrations went the way how you thought it was also fan appreciation night. It was great to see the players be able to. Size some of the autographs and kind of all of them get all their love. Like there was a point where I think like Eli, um, I don't want to call him the ATO center break, but his name is escaping me right now. Um, him, Eli, Octavio, yeah, um, Modella, they were all kind of just standing there. And I told him, I was like, "Yo, go in there, and go get some love. Like y'all are part of this team too." Like it was, it was just good to see like all those players get recognized and get yeah. love. You know. As well, because all the hard work they have put into this year, um, and I don't know if you guys caught it in the broadcast. I caught it in the stands where we first scored. There was a moment where we scored, and you can see Darius so Wise. He kind of just stops and just looks around the entire stadium, and kind of just soaking in for a little bit. And I asked him about it in the press game. And he was just like, "Yeah, you know, because it just goes to show like all the hard work that we do, and it all pays off on a night like this." And given where, you know, what, what Darren has done over the course of the three years, the team has constantly gotten better, constantly has improved. Um, and i got to say, it would be a shame if he doesn't get recognized as coach of the year this year. I don't I don't see who else would be able to get, like, maybe they give it to, like, Ian Cameron because the league loves Tormenta. But yeah. that's the only other spot I can see it going. Yeah, that, that's it. And – I think it was Richard who pointed out, like, um, Swazi has not been nominated for Coach of the Month yet. But as I was also looking at maybe I should have run it out. I think I did run it out, but I don't have it completed. But, like, every time Swazi was up for it, another coach has had, like, a crazy month instead. Like, Tormenta this month. Like, Richmond had the second-best record. Who had the first? Tormenta. (laughs) Or, like, um, I stretched during August, July. You know, Tormenta had one of that crazy picks, right? So it's like whatever Tawasi has been the most consistent, there's been another coach who's had a great month. But also, who's ever won a coach of the month has had a bad month following up. So I'm cool with it. Also, it or, I couldn't believe that this was the first time Bolanius won player of the month. Like, I'm thinking back to like his like, – who, who won it in June? Because I figured he had to have won it that month when he was just uh, racking up all those assists like crazy. I yeah, that's – I mean, June was when he took fire. Right. I can't tell you off the top of my head. Do you have it pulled up? Do you know? No. I I mean, I can look real fast, but. Okay. 
Yeah, that's really I, interesting to know. Who's else one player in the month? Because Zavano's, I don't think. Emmy won lot. Emmy won the previous month because he started to rack up goals. Yeah. And now I'm trying to think, has Kazaki won one? Yeah, that's what I just said. Hmm. Emmy won for uh, August. Oh, okay. Oh, okay, okay. Oh, Emmy won for August. All right. Well, yeah, I don't know. I think this. I can't. Wow, this is his first one. That's a, that's interesting. All right. Um, so well, Matt, looking that up, we have the top six that's finished. Um, out of play. So this is how the season go. You got at the sixty, you got Charlotte, Yomaha's fifth, which by the way, their Twitter was destroyed because uh fans apparently don't like the way how they lost to Fuego, which was funny. Also, did y'all see Fuego's picture of how they mocking you Omaha after the game? Oh, with the whole no. So, okay, this is how it happened. So, Yuya Omaha, before the game, put out a tweet. was like, hey, buy your home season playoff tickets now. And Central Valley was like, all right, bet. Central Valley going there, beat them. And then Boxer was like, hey, we might not have playoff tickets on sale, but you can get your 2023 uh, play, uh, season tickets now. And I just thought that was funny because he took the picture in the locker room. <laughs> So um, Galindra's won it in June, which I still think is a disaster of a choice. You know, because he scored you know, so in fairness, both him and Blanus uh beat up on Charlotte during their disaster month. Yeah. So he, he got you know, Johnny got you know fat on assists off of Charlotte, Galindra got fat on goals off of Charlotte, so yeah, people love goals. Yeah. Yeah, whatever. <clears throat> um so yeah, we got talking about Glendridge. We got Chattanooga at four. Uh, Tormenta is going to be the three seed. Greenville two, and Richmond, of course, is your overall number one seed. So the first round matchups is going to be Yuyohua uh, going to Chattanooga, Tormenta going to I mean Tormenta welcoming Charlotte. So Richmond can own well. Depending on what match you're looking at and who wins, Richmond had, can either play Chattanooga, Union Omaha, or Charlotte. Those are the teams that we're open to playing. I want to ask you guys this question: Who do you think we're going to get? Uh, I think we get Chattanooga. I, if I had my choice out of all of them, I'd take Omaha right now. Okay. What about yeah, you, Shane? Yeah. Same here. I, I, I'm thinking the same thing. Um, Union Omaha have had a has been in abysmal form lately, uh, so I, I don't see them getting past the purring Chattanooga, and or Chattanooga winning. That there's even if Charlotte do win that game, Charlotte will end up playing Greenville. No, uh, Charlotte wins. They come here no matter what. Oh, yeah, because there's a six seed. Okay. Yeah. All right, so yeah, so. so if Charlotte wins, no matter what, we'll get Charlotte. But if Charlotte loses, then we get the winner of Chattanooga and Union Omaha. Yeah, um, South Georgia have been on a on a on a uh, have been steamrolling through their last few games with uh, three draws and two wins. 
I don't know if that's steamrolling. Not steamrolling, but they they've been clicking. They've they they had a bit of a revival in their last five games. Uh, I, I don't see uh, Charlotte Independence team being able to beat that. Um, so yeah, I think it's Chattanooga that we're going to end up playing against. But at least we've broken that curse. I think we get Union Omaha. I think Union Omaha upsets Chattanooga. And I I think Tormenta gets by Charlotte. I think they sweep by. And I think we get Union Omaha. That's what I'm thinking. It's going to be interesting, though. Um, Real quick, just give you the times of those games. Tormenta versus Charlotte is at 7 p.m. on October 22nd. Chattanooga versus Union Omaha is going to be at 7.30 on the 22nd on ESPN Plus. So make sure that you tune in to watch those. Um, guys, what is the actual week off? What are y'all going to do? We don't have anything to do next week. I mean, besides do our podcast on Sunday, which we're going to preview wherever team we're going to be playing. But we have a free weekend on Saturday. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I can tell what it's not. You're like, hmm, what do I need to do? No, I mean, for everyone watching those games, though. No, here's the move for everybody. You know, all the dumb family shit that you, you know, need to do to make you know people happy. You know that you're being you know participatory and you know you're being a good, you know, husband, wife, you know, boyfriend, girlfriend, partner, whatever you are in the relationship. Next weekend's your your time to you know go all in on that, so that way you can cash in for the next two weekends of just full on city stadium party time. Pretty much. Yeah, so you know, you, this week is the week to bite the bullet on whatever it is you don't like to do and your significant other, your family likes to do. Like, hey, you know what? I really think it'd be a good idea if we go to the pumpkin patch together or whatever other seasonal. Yeah, go go to the is. fall festivals that are happening this coming weekend, not the ones that are happening next weekend. <laughs> Get all that stuff out the way now. <laughs> yeah, because uh, if, if you're listening to this, you're busy on the 29th. And yeah. go ahead and reserve the following weekend as well. Yes. Yes. November there 6th. Go. There you go. Go and enjoy it. It's going to be uh, fun. Also, um, I can't – the name is escaping right now. But congratulations to the couple that are in the Red Army that got married at City Stadium before kickoff earlier that day. Congratulations to them. They were in the Red Army right now. So there's, they're in the Red Army, and right now their name is escaping me. What I, I, completely, I, I completely missed this happening. So, yes. Me too. So they got married at City Stadium earlier that day. Like, so I they, think they, like they, they pulled the Elliot and one up to you on this. They did. They oh, they, yeah, did. they won up to you, man. <laughs> they 100% did. Um, can't open the stadium for them, so they got a had like an officiant, got buried at City Stadium, everything. And they came to the game right after. That's what I love. That is true dedication. That is. That is. That they, is true dedication. They, they, um, they didn't want to try to pull a you know, halftime midfield ceremony. No, they didn't. They was like, no, we're going to get the stadium over for us early. <laughs> we're going to have this wedding. We're going to have a good old time. Nice. So, yeah, congratulations to them. Um, that was really dope. Also, another dope thing was to see 
good for the podcast. Doug, down there in section O, having a good time doing some chants. That was cool Absolutely. as well. Um, any other cool things that you guys saw around the weekend? Going around the stadium during the uh, celebrations or anything? Yeah, lots and lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of people. Yeah. Like, yeah. You know, City Stadium, when it gets full, it's just different. It's nice, you know, being able to see the stands. I mean, look, I know it's not like a hundred percent, you know, packed. I mean, that's one of the plus minus, you know, pieces about uh, you know, having a stadium with bench seating still instead of like you know individual bucket seats. Is that you? You can probably have that maximum capacity uh, be a sliding scale sort of number depending on how you know much you want to pack people in there or not. Uh, yeah. So yeah, it's capacity. I bet if they wanted to you know, fit another 500 in there. They could have very easily without having to even you know, take down any of the banners or anything. So just saying, I don't, I don't know if there's ever really going to be a sellout because there's always, there's always space. Yeah, there's always space. There's always room to add more, which means we want more. And I think that's the whole mantra the whole team was telling us afterwards. Like, yeah, we're great with this. Yeah, we're fine with this. But we want more. And I think that's kind of like the whole mantra of everything that's going on. It's like, I mean, also, not only, not only was there a, a nearly full house in the stadium, looking over from section O, you saw the seats were packed, but not only that, the concourse above was humming with people too. And I'm thinking to myself, if all of those people sat down, like there would be a lot of people that would have no seats because there were so many people there. And not only that, there were, I think it was that one time where um, Luke Pavone went up for a header um, around, around not too far from midfield, probably about, I'd say about 15 yards away from Chattanooga's uh, 18. And um, the ref calls a foul on him and, I'm hearing the Red Army booing that call, and I literally could not believe how loud the boo was from the other side of the stadium. Like, the entire stadium was booing, and I have not heard the entire stadium in an uproar like that in a long time. I think another thing that was cool was, like, seeing the other parts of the stadium, like, get involved in, like, the chants and whatnot, like the Richmond Kickers chant and whatnot. That was kind of cool to see. Because normally that doesn't, like, that doesn't happen. Uh, yeah, normally they just look over at us like, those crazy people are yelling again. But, it, I mean, there are people who were getting involved. The stand-up for Richmond chant was a lot more successful than it normally is throughout the season. You could see that this this kickers team the 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 entertainment that they're putting uh they're putting forth on the field is really drawing people in more is is making them more making the fans more supportive and and making the fans pay attention more to the game because i think one of the issues that you get is you have a lot of these families that come to the game just to have a night out and they're barely paying attention to the game but you're seeing literally butts in seats eyes on the field and 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 just this this the, the entire audience the entire stadium is captivated by the 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 players on the field and that's something that is a step in the right direction a giant step in the right direction of making making city stadium a, a 
a fortress. I mean, it has been a fortress this season, but imagine, you know, that type of that type of attendance. Okay, you're probably not going to get that every single game of the season, but something close to that every single game of the season. Um, if the players really feed off of that, you're looking at City Stadium being a fortress for a very long time. Yeah, and Matt, one thing that you always pointed out was like the number of European jerseys has totally decreased from the start of the year to now, where I think I might have saw like maybe three, maybe four. And you've seen a lot of like Richmond jersey, Richmond uh, Nellion being worn around the concourse. Yeah, I mean, that's the bigger thing. It's uh, cool. I mean, yeah, if you. I, I, I'm, okay, that would be a lie. Let's say I don't, <laughs> I don't mind you know, if people are wearing their, you know, you know, Liverpool or you know whatever other, you know, jersey. Yeah, but it, I think it, you're getting Manchester United and Liverpool because they're red, just like the kickers. Which you get some of that. But I mean, you, see, you see other random ones too. I was just picking one off the top of my head <clears throat> you know, right now. Uh, but yeah, this year I feel like you have seen such a higher percentage of people wearing actual kickers gear, and you know, even you know, jerseys so like. I feel like that percentage skyrocketed, yeah. You know, this year, yeah. and that's a good sign. People are, you know, wanting to invest their money into you know showing their support for the team you know, beyond just showing up. You know, they're actually wearing, you know, their support for the team. That's awesome. Yeah, it's awesome to see. Um, guys, I think that's a good point. To wrap yeah. this show up. Yeah, you know, we have one more point, my man. One more point. Oh, okay. Shanir tried to get to this, to this, you know, last week, but he was uh, jumping the gun. Here. Oh, that's right. Well, yeah, still, yeah, I was. I was. Final, final player ratings of the season. Oh. All right. Who wants to lead off here? All right, I'll go first. All right. Give me, give me Ethan three. Give me, uh, Matley. Uh, give me. Terzaghi two, and then one give me Dakota. That's all I got. All right. Um, I'm going to go – I'm going to go Bentley three points. Um, he did have a very good game. He made a nuisance of himself on that right side. Two points, I'm going to have to give it to Terzaghi. Um, Emmy just being Emmy, you know. And I, I'm going to give my one point to Ethan Bryant. I'm sorry that that that, that sombrero won my heart over. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm going to have to give that, that one point to Ethan Bryant. He, he had a great game. Um, which has become a staple for him lately. Um, so, yeah, those are my three. All right. Very good choices. Let me, and, uh, so I went uh, almost the exact same as Ellie. I went Ethan Bryant on the three, Emmy on the two, and I went Bentley with my one. Okay. So let me just enter these into the spreadsheet real fast, and we will have ourselves uh, some results for this year. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. All right. How, how, how deep do you want me to report out on the standings here? Uh, do, do you like top five? Yeah, we'll do the top five. Yeah. yeah. All right. Let's do the top five. Next round number. 
All right. Uh, so in our very, uh, you know, I actually think this is a very fair way to do this because, you know, we're really doing it game by game and you know, not kind of you know, thinking along the way. So actually I'm going to say this is a scientific way of determining our player of the year rather than just kind of being like a feel and a vibe sort of yeah. thing. Yeah. Actually randomly on a Monday morning. <laughs> yeah, because you could easily see it be a situation where, you know, we forget, you know, how great something was or how bad something was for the first half of the year. And, you know, somebody, you know, yeah. balled out for that because the last five weeks, like, yeah, they're MVP. Right. Yeah. Uh, so coming in, you know, fifth of the late surges here, uh, you know, Mr. Ethan Bryant. Okay. Uh, our number four player of the year, uh, kind of on the flip side of things, started really strong, you know, and that you know, carried him forward for most of the year. Uh, his midfield partner, Neil Vignals. Yeah, the number four uh, River City 93 player of the year. Uh, third, old reliable, Akira. All so right. we got our top two, which I don't think anybody is going to be surprised on who these top two are. Right? Yeah. Meant yeah, to be. Yeah. Meant to be. Uh, to and to be. Coming in, winning the title by one point over the course of the entire season. <laughs> So as a reminder, you know, when we've been you know saying these, you know, three points, you know, per person for you know play you know man of the match, second place for you know, two points for second, you know, one point for the third man of the match. We've been doing this tracking it all year long and it's come down to one point. The River City, ninety-three player of the year. It's Emiliano Terzaghi. Oh wow. <laughs> there you go. All right. So maybe he is Wow. Yeah. And wow, of course Bolaño's in close second. Yeah, one point back. Oh, you know, you know what? That's crazy because literally all of us had Emmy at one That's you today. <laughs> yeah, so I, yeah, so I, I I knew coming in, you know, what he needed to be able to win it. So I was really interested to, you know, hear what y'all are gonna say. And you know, when uh it, it sounded you know, for a second, like, you know, Shanir was going to, you know, not put him, you know, second, maybe put him third, which would have been a dead on tie, which I don't know what would have done at that point. Oh, man. Well, there we go. Ivy is – you got to get Ivy something. Maybe we get him a fruit basket. I don't know. <laughs> All right. Did you, did you not watch the video the kickers put out this week? I know. We get him a bag of mate. Yeah. That's what we do. They're like, hey, here's some mate. Yes. Yeah, Hope you enjoy it. Slap a, slap a sticker on it. Yeah, there you go. Mm, give them that. Um, guys, it's been a pleasure covering the season with you. We'll be back next week to preview who the kickers have in their home semifinal playoff game. It's going to be fun. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be awesome. This team has deserved it. Every fan, that moment last night was for y'all because y'all have been here through the good times and the bad times. We deserve to enjoy it. Right, boys? Absolutely. Absolutely. There you go. Yeah. Mark the yeah, date yeah. on your calendar. Mark it on your calendar. Make sure you're there. Um, yeah, make sure you're there. because And make sure you get there early because, I mean, it was crazy. I got there early yesterday, and it was crazy getting in there. Um, so make sure you get there early. Tailgate. Enjoy it. Have fun. 
you know, we're in the playoffs and we are the number one seed. That That is something that has been a long time coming. And uh, again, uh, you know, you, you, you know, we thank the fans. We thank the players for their performance. But I, you got to thank Darren for putting his plan in motion three years ago and sticking to it. And here we are three years later, right on schedule with what he had predicted. Um, thank you, Darren, for, for everything he's done for the kickers. Yeah. Once again, thank you, Darren. Guys, we will holler at you next week. Remember, without y'all, there will be no show. So make sure you follow, like, and subscribe. And we will see you guys next week. Be easy. Oh, <laughs>